Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Aligned and Embodied Podcast. I'm Tasha. And I'm Alicia. We are here to create a space of softness, flow, connection with self, and to empower you to return to your soul's essence. It was through our morning walks in the woods and our fascination and love for human design that this podcast came to be. We will combine our wisdom of mindfulness, self-regulation, spirituality, and human design to offer you inspiration and the ability to see and accept yourself exactly as you are. We are so grateful that you are here with us. Now let's get aligned and embodied. Welcome to episode four of the Aligned and Embodied podcast. We're so grateful that you are listening today, and we are going to chat a little bit about uh, mental health, wintering, the human design alignment scale, um, and we'll start off by saying happy new moon, and today, the day that we're recording, is February 1st, which is also called In Bulk. It is halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So the energy of today is that of, you know, those first little stirrings of spring. Um, A little bit of lightness being welcomed into your life. And I am really feeling this and I'm so grateful to be leaving January behind. Yes, and this morning here in um, Ontario was absolutely beautiful. The trees were sparkling. They were frozen. There's a change in temperature in the air. Mm. There's a lot of energy brewing in the air. And the sunrise was absolutely beautiful. And it was just a reminder for us to appreciate nature and the winter we've been through. And that spring is on the horizon. Yay. Yeah, so it's also a new moon. The new moon is in Aquarius, and um, today's new moon brings, or this this month, this cycle's new moon brings um, energy that just allows us to be truly authentic with whatever we are doing in our life, and to stand in our brilliance, and to stop playing so small. We do tend to you know, play small because it's comforting and it's safe. So this new moon energy is a really great time to um, set new ideas and intentions that you want to bring into your life personally and professionally. It's about honoring your vibration and everything that you do and who you are. And when we're able to be authentic and standard in our truth, we're really truly able to plant those seeds of intention to manifest our vision and to bring forefront of whatever little seeds we're planting. So just keep being you and all that you are, being authentic, and most importantly to um, remember who you are and to love who you are. Yeah, and Aquarius also um, teaches us and reminds us that we are part of a larger collective energy. Um, so really feeling into to that, you being a piece of something, you know, 
so magnificent is, is something that Aquarius reminds us of. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. what did you learn? How was your, how was your January? Well, um, January for me was actually a bit of a struggle. It started out okay, and then um, I definitely found myself slipping into moments of depression that I don't even think that I, like I didn't realize that I was in it until it was affecting all of my life. And before we started pressing record on this podcast, Alicia and I were chatting about the book Wintering by Catherine May, I believe, Mm -hmm. is who wrote it. Yep. And I pulled um, a quote out of it that I was just like, oh my gosh, this explains my life so well in the past few weeks. So on page 118 of the book Wintering, she says, some winters creep up on us slowly, that they have infiltrated every part of our lives before we truly feel them. And that is exactly how I was feeling. I was, you know, not eating super nourishing foods. I was hardly moving my body, watching way too much television, sleeping in, you know, barely even drinking enough water to call myself hydrated. Like all of the things that, you know, I teach my clients about how important self-care is. and, And I know how important these things are. It was just like, I was just in the thick of it, and it was um, not until, I guess, I was, it was affecting my entire life that I realized that it was even a thing that I was experiencing, and then voicing it and talking to people that I felt safe with and sharing it a little bit publicly. Um, Last week was, I I think it was Monday or Tuesday, was like Bell Let's Talk Day, and I just felt like, you know what, I haven't really shared much about mental health on my platform because it just never felt like something that I felt called to do, but it felt right last week and just putting words and um, the, the vibration of like saying something out loud was really, really healing for me, so. Well, I'm proud of you for sharing and having the courage to do that. Um, because I know many people are definitely struggling right now. And as Tasha said earlier, like she wasn't nourishing herself. And I always love to think of things from a self-right perspective. And part of that is developing that self-awareness and catching ourselves when we are in that state. But sometimes we tend to be fearful of even acknowledging whatever state we are in. So we do turn to those like, unhealthy Mm -hmm. habits that feel comforting um that keep us safe we think they keep us safe but in the long run it's like a circle right and and we're when we're not caring for ourselves mentally and physically and emotionally it just kind of adds (laughs) more stress to to our bodies our minds and it is almost like Catherine May says at the end, it, it just creeps up and then mm-hmm. suddenly it just kind of comes too. And yeah, it's so important to stay soft on ourselves and others right now because there is a lot of struggle happening in the world. Yeah. Um, 
there's another paragraph in her book, which it's so interesting because I started reading this book last year. I'm, Alicia recommended it mm. to me. I started reading it last year. I got halfway through and then just moved on to something else, put it back on my shelf, and recently um, I felt called to pick it up again. And it's been really interesting because the second half of the book, like I have so many pages folded over and quotes underlined. Um, and I really truly do believe that books come into your life when they are meant to, and it may only be for a page or a paragraph or a chapter. Um, and then if you're called to pick it up again, then you do. And if you're not, then you put it down. And it's taken me a long time to, to accept that I don't have to finish something if I start it <laughs> because I want the satisfaction of saying, I read that whole book, but... Um, there's another paragraph in it that I feel like is really, really good in acknowledging the the low parts of, you know, mental health, the sadness, and how um, we really just need to be more comfortable with, with sitting in our mud, as my teacher and friend Michelle Stroud has said many times over the years that um, we have to be willing to to sit in that discomfort and that is that's where we grow and and the self-realization that comes out of that and the reflecting is so important so Catherine writes but if happiness is a skill then sadness is too Perhaps through all those years at school or perhaps through other terrors, we are taught to ignore sadness, to stuff it down into our satchels and pretend it isn't there. As adults, we often have to learn to hear the clarity of its call. That is wintering. It is the act of acceptance of sadness. It is the practice of allowing ourselves to feel it as a need. It is the courage to stare down the worst parts of our experience and to commit to healing them the best that we can. Wintering is a moment of intuition. Our true needs felt keenly as a knife. Hmm. I feel that in my body and soul. <laughs> yeah, so I think that it's really important um, if you're going through a moment in your life that is classified as a winter and Alicia and I were chatting about this before we hit record too is that this book wintering you know is about winter at times like the actual season of winter which being February we're kind of in the middle of right now here in Canada um, but I love that you know thinking about wintering as a metaphor as well as a just the time that is is challenging and dark and seems hard and how you can just be with that time instead of trying to, you know, rush it along. And, and when you think about it, there's so many people that despise winter. Like I have so many friends that curse it. They absolutely hate it. That used to be me until I met Tasha and she <laughs> truly taught me how to love winter. <laughs> yeah. I feel... I remember a friend of mine saying, and there's like actually two friends of mine that come to mind that are like, you know what? We live in Ontario. We have winter. We get snow. It's cold. Like you can either hibernate in the house and refuse to go out because you dislike it so much, or you spend some money on the, you know, 
outerwear that keeps you warm and you go out and you be in nature in this season just the way that you would you know the rest of the year and it's like you know what they're right because our bodies need that time in nature it's so nourishing and important for us and throughout the past month and and more so like the past two or three weeks that have been really hard for me you know anytime that Alicia would mention you want to go for a walk it was like yes I need this so badly and just like little bits of myself was like coming back home after just like moving my body and being outside and admiring the you know the snow covering the trees and the frost and the frosty hair that we would get from talking so much and it being so cold out but um yeah we have to pull those little moments of goodness out of a time that can be really hard yeah winter also gives us an opportunity to experience nature in a way that is so different from the rest of the seasons and oh my god I just had a moment it's death winter is death and spring is rebirth yeah right and like there's so much discomfort in death and people fear it and they 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 don't want to deal with it but it's like it's inevitable yeah it's the only thing that we know is certain in Mm -hmm. life is death and we tend to um, distract ourselves from that topic because it is it is a hard feeling. It's a hard emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a hard season. It's a hard season, but there's so much wisdom yeah. in this season. And the season of winter, like Tasha said earlier, is a metaphor. And we can experience, you know, the the season anytime through the year. Anytime. Yeah. But the most important thing is, is learning to embody what you're feeling, you mm-hmm. know. And sometimes it can be hard to think of, like, you know what you should be doing to help yourself and to mm-hmm. shift out of this state. But sometimes it can be overwhelming and think, where do I even start? So one thing I tell clients is, like, what is the the biggest, smallest act you can do for yourself today, for tomorrow, for next week that you know will help you um, nourish through this season? It's... What does she write about um, wisdom in your winter? Whatever wisdom you gain in your winter is your responsibility to pass it on to others. And then once we pass on this wisdom to others, it's our responsibility to hold space for others without judgment and with softness and compassion so they can begin to sit within their mud, as Michelle says, mm-hmm. and find their wisdom within winter. Yeah. So I, I've learned to love winter. I love, I love morning walks when just the golden light hits the trees and the trees are frosty. I love winter in the evenings at sunset. And when I was going through my many dark nights of the soul, I like to call them many months after um, having a um, back surgery, after a lot of time of chronic back pain, I it was right in the middle of winter when I had surgery. 
and I knew I needed to get out and walk and being in a place of pain and fear of like slipping and hurting like I wasn't moving my body I wasn't walking and when we have all that energy that we're feeling uh, it's really just stuck emotions Mm -hmm. that energy we're feeling so we have to get out and we have to move and breathe in that fresh air but for me winter really was this period of death of the old me and once I got through that winter and spring came, I quit my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found so much wisdom in my winter. I went through depression. I went through a time where perhaps it was too painful to be Earthside. Um, and then I got a dog, <laughs> my golden doodle, Charlie. And we started walking in the woods and he would just listen and be my loyal companion and um yeah once I fully embraced how I was feeling and just by moving my body I I start to re- I started to rebirth again mm-hmm. as spring came so I'm very very grateful for those dark nights um there is wisdom in the darkness mm-hmm. there is hope and please please, please reach out to a loved one if you're feeling um, in this state. Stay soft with yourself. There's a lot going on. Have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for others and hold space. And yeah, reach out to someone. Reach out to us. We are here to hold Mm -hmm. space for you. We may not have the answers, and that's okay. We don't always need to answer, but there's so much to be said in just listening. Mm-hmm. And something that I think is really important to mention is that you don't need to, like when you're feeling in a season of, of wintering or in a low time of your life, I think that one of the worst things to do is to like try try to pull yourself out of it too fast Yeah. by like, you know, forcing yourself to do things because you should Mm. and I'm using air quotations um be doing anything because I think it's really important to be in those moments and feel into them and allow yourself to process them however that may be because if you just try and cover them up or move on too quickly to just like get out of the the hurt or the pain like, I don't think that you're really processing it. You're just, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it by whatever it is that you're trying to do to, like, move out of it faster. Yeah. I think we're very we're, – we're living in a society where we want those quick fixes, right? Yes. And we have to do the inner work. <laughs> the Band-Aids mm. may help us for a little, but the Band-Aids just get bigger and bigger if we don't fully sit with it and embody mm-hmm what is happening and what's what's going on and coming up for you yeah yeah um when you were talking about being space holders it reminded me that tomorrow we move into gate 13 we do which is called the the listener gate so the energy of being you know holding space for people um is really in alignment with the what we're moving into 
And with everything that's going on in the world right now and in Canada, I think it's really important that people feel like they have they have space holders and someone to listen. And it's all about creating empowering narratives, which is really important and, and powerful. And that's the like that's the alignment side of gate thirteen. So like Tasha said, being the listener and coming from a space where you're listening mindfully, compassionately, and with your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from a space of non-judgment, I think, is the most important thing. We, We do not know what people have been through. We do not know the stressors people are experiencing. And for us to judge so quickly someone's story... And put them in a box and generalize things can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really is an experiment. It's like a test, I think. Because we tend to listen with our egos. And when, especially when we know somebody is hurting, right? And we want to say something that we might it might fix. And I have to catch myself all the time with that. Mm -hmm. But can you hold space with your heart? Can you foster curiosity and step out of your ego brain and into your heart brain? And that, that's really what being in alignment is. But with that comes, you have to be in the right state to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And if you are not in the right state, and maybe perhaps you're in the shadow side or what I also like to refer to as like a stress state. Like maybe you're in a freeze or a fight or a flight state because there's just too much happening. Um, that's when we can start to get stuck in our old beliefs and stories. We may hold a grudge. We may pass judgment very, very fast. Um, and, and this is where we may need to forgive people for past stories but perhaps we're not in that space. Um, if you catch yourself gossiping, perhaps mm-hmm. this month, or telling stories to others that are not your stories to tell, um, that's like the shadow side of gate 13. 13. Yeah. Um, Which will be in um, tomorrow, so February 2nd, which yeah. the podcast will be released in the next couple of days, and for six days. So just being really mindful of, um, you know, being in, trying to be intentional, being in the highest expression of gate 13, which is being the listener and the space holder and staying away from the shadow side, which is, you know, getting caught up in old stories, gossiping and, uh, and judgment of others and yourself. So being aware of that hopefully uh, is beneficial and you can try and be in that highest expression and just be there for others and yourself, you know, hold space for yourself and listen into your own um, needs and inner wisdom because that is the most important. Yeah. Soft eyes, friends, soft eyes for yourself, soft eyes for others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Um, so something else that I felt was worth mentioning 
Um, this kind of came up in one of our conversations in the woods uh, a few days ago. We were just talking about in human design, there's something called the alignment scale. So each of the energy types has a signature and a not self. And our teacher, uh, Kira Doyle, taught us to kind of check in with, with yourself on the alignment scale. Um, me as a projector, my signature is success and my not self is bitterness. So just asking myself, where am I today between success and bitterness? And something really interesting that I've learned with the alignment scale and, and with these aspects of human design, um, or some, not something that I've learned, something that I've observed from myself is how if I say the word bitter now, I instantly have this like recall of like, oh, that's my not self theme. I'm, you know, how can I feel more on the signature side in success than feeling the bitterness of my not self? And I was telling Alicia how um, one of the contributing factors to January feeling challenging for me is that um, business-wise, it's been slow. And it's been that way because people are sick or they've been around someone who's sick and they're, you know, canceling their appointments and being cautious, which I'm so grateful for. Like, nobody wants to be getting anybody's germs. Um, winter obviously makes, it's cold and flu season. Mm -hmm. So it's just spreading so much easier and we're just so much more mindful of um, it with, you know, the C word floating around. <laughs> and that's like, there, there comes personal responsibility. And I think moving forward, like we really need to gently move forward here and trust each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And trust that people will, you know, stay home if they're not feeling well. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to, as humanity, as a collective, we really need to hold space for one another and just begin to trust one another a little bit more. And that's how we heal. Mm -hmm. We each individually have to do that work. Um, and with that comes self-awareness, which is why I love this alignment skill because it's another tool to use to be like, okay, where am I? What mm -hmm. state am I in right now? Yeah. <laughs> am I feeling like you said, am I feeling bitter? Mm -hmm. you know, what what's making me feel bitter we don't really need to dwell too much on the what's because you know we may drive ourselves a little crazy trying <laughs> to figure it all out yeah but even just acknowledging that is huge just acknowledging the emotion of yeah. you know your not self so for me that would be bitterness and it wasn't even um that I felt like I was living in my not self, but what I was, yeah, I guess I was. So, um, what I was experiencing was that I was not feeling very successful, you know, with clients canceling appointments, with financially struggling and not bringing in, um, the amount of money that I desire, uh, that makes me feel like I'm not successful. But then the biggest aha moment that I had when we were on our walk having this conversation was, well, what is my definition of success? That is part of the deconditioning um, work to do and, and 
what one of the big pieces of human design is it's all about deconditioning. So society says that success means that my schedule is full, mm-hmm. that all the spaces that I have available are taken, that I'm making X amount of money. And so it was like a really um, self-reflective moment to be like, okay, well, what does success actually mean to me? Success does not have a dollar sign beside it. Um, always like for some people maybe it does but can we move away from success being so tied to financial you know aspects materialism maybe I can feel successful when I have had a good night's sleep yeah and moved my body today and I made a pot of soup or I spent an hour reading or You know, honestly, one of the things that helped pull me out of my January funk was bullet journaling. Mm. Alicia introduced me to bullet journaling a year, year and a half ago, and um, I forgot how much I loved it. So that's been a really restorative activity that I've done. And honestly, when I look at the spreads that I've created in my new bullet journal, I feel really successful. And (laughs) And it has nothing to do with money. Yeah, and it's about setting yourself up. For success. And yes. each day, success can look different. Yeah. You get to, to define what success looks like. Yeah. And if your to-do list is too long and you're you're feeling conditioned to, like, have all these things set by the time you're, like, in your 30s, you should have this and this much savings and stuff, and you're not there, then, yeah, of course the bitterness or the anger and the frustration will come up. But... Mm-hmm. We've been conditioned from the moment we enter the school system that we need to be successful and we're setting our children up for competing against one another Mm -hmm. as well. And what I love about Tasha and I, you know, we have similar work but different work, but I don't see competition. None. And that's that's a big mind shift as well. Mm-hmm. There is enough abundance. We both deliver things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have different values of success as well. Yeah. Something I really want to mention too is that my bitterness did not come from anyone canceling an appointment. So if you're someone who had to cancel <laughs> during January, like – please, please, please do not take this personally whatsoever because it is not about people canceling. No. It was it was bitterness towards, you know, how hard it is building a business as a holistic health practitioner. Yeah. How frustrated I feel sometimes with social media. How, um, you know, like basically I was caught in the, the conditioning of society that like my books weren't full. That means I'm not successful. So, it's, you know, it was not personal whatsoever. Yeah. It was just a moment of, like, really bringing me back to figuring out what my definition of success was. So that's been really interesting. And I also was a hair – I've been a hairstylist for um, going on 14 years now. And success equaled you were booked every day mm. for months in advance. And moving away from the hair industry into – holistic health and these healing services, I don't want to be booked months in advance because if I have a client that is, you know, needing a Reiki appointment or reflexology or wants to go over some human design stuff, I want to be available 
you know, within a week or so. I don't want to be booked three months ahead. So it's really been a um, an interesting journey to navigate myself the last little while of just like shifting my, my business and my career. And um, therefore the definition of success had to change. And I so. think... I think what you just said is kind of huge as well because we do think we to tie monetary funds into success. But success is following your heart and what makes you happy. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. So we can be plugging away at the rat race and working a nine to five every single day and success comes internally what makes us happy and if we're looking for success to those external things we'll never find it never 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 you're so right yeah so um since we did lots of talking about what the signature and not self of a projector is um let's chat a little bit about generators manifesting generators manifestors and reflectors yeah so i can share light on the generator and um, manifesting generator perspective um (laughs) and this this alignment scale i wish i had known this in my early 20s because it just makes so much sense now so my um my my not self theme is anger and frustration um, which easily comes to me. Um, Anger's the not self for a manifester. So for a generator and manifesting generator, your not self is frustration and your signature is satisfaction. Yes. For manifestors, like the pure manifester, their not self is anger, anger. and their um, signature is peace. Yes. And for the reflectors, um, the not self theme is disappointment and. Their signature is delight and surprise. So as a generator, um, I have a lot of energy. And I notice on days where I'm not up and moving and creating, (laughs) um, at the end of the day, when I lay down, I can feel like, oh, how is today? Did I get as much? Did I get a lot accomplished? Um, and I'm learning to really be comfortable with setting myself up for success so I do feel satisfied. And so for me, that really is, you know, three three things to do in the day work-wise um, that I want to get done so I don't get overwhelmed. And I have to be very, very careful because I do have a lot of energy that I can sometimes jump from thing to thing to thing. And then at the end of the day, I have been jumping and multitasking and I don't have anything accomplished. Mm. So this has been like the theme for me for a while. Um, and that's because I have those gates that are, are close to like those ADD um, tendencies. So setting myself up for success for like three things I know I can accomplish will help me feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Moving my body every single day helps me feel satisfied. I've been waking up at like 5 a.m. and working out with um, Amber Clement actually over in Tweed online. So let's shout out our small business friends, especially Mm -hmm. our female entrepreneurs. We are here for you. We love you. Um, 
And I'm really enjoying those workshops. And so for me, if I can get up early and have a cup of coffee along with my mindfulness practice and write my morning pages and look at my bullet journal and figure out, you know, the three things I want to do or I need to do today, it does help me feel satisfied. Um, Especially at the end of the day, I don't feel shame or frustration for not getting a lot done. In the weekend, I did find myself in the not-self theme as anger and frustration, um, which I also, for me, with the self-rag lens, when I think of not-self theme, I think of we're in like a stress state. So there's stressors involved. Um, just like Tasha said earlier, how she went and sat down with the bullet journal and it was restorative for her. So it's paying attention, recognizing, okay, I'm in this state right now. I'm feeling angry. What can I do to get out of it that will help me feel satisfied? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wish we knew some reflectors <laughs> to get their mm-hmm. perspective. <laughs> um, I think just having the awareness. Like, yeah. you know, for manifestors being peace and anger, for reflectors being delight or surprise and disappointment – just knowing that those are your not self and signature, um, you can you can then use them to just check in. Where am I on that scale today? Mm-hmm. And you know, in a really compassionate way, it does not need to be judgmental mm-hmm. or um, you know, I I was measuring success according to my finances and. Instead of judging myself for that, I was just like, no, I need to rewrite the definition of what success means for me. And, um, yeah, you can you can do that with really uh, soft eyes and, and an open heart, and it doesn't have to be harsh. It's, yeah. just a, it's just a way to check in. And that's exactly the word harsh brings something up because as a generator, I need to learn that sometimes – I don't have to do all the things Mm. because what happens if I do all the things is I get stuck in this cycle and then I burn out and I've done too much and that's when I get angry (laughs) and need to hide away and restore. So yeah, it really is about paying attention to the day. What state am I in? What am I feeling? Tapping into like your authority, whatever Mm -hmm. it is and listening to that letting your intuition guide you or your sacral center guide you. Um, I'm going to give you a flip side of that too. So as a generator, there's times where you try and do too much, go to bed feeling burnt out. Or if you didn't accomplish a lot of things, you're not feeling very satisfied because you didn't use that sacral energy. I'm so, so grateful for human design. Learning that I was a projector was, I've said it before and I'll say it again, one of the biggest gifts that I've received in this lifetime. I think something that projectors can very easily get caught up in, and I have noticed myself doing it, because it's like, picture the pendulum swinging from one side to another. On one side of the pendulum, I'm a projector, didn't know I was a projector, trying to work like a generator trying to function like the rest, you know, like 70% of the population, working nine to five, hustle, 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 constantly grinding, completely exhausted, and ending up actually for me in an immense amount of physical pain. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other side of the pendulum is like, oh, I'm a projector. I need a lot of rest. I get to rest all the time. I get to sleep and whatever, which is like, I feel like then I swung the other way for a while and was like doing a whole lot of resting, which there is nothing wrong with that, but there has to be some sort of balance, right? You can be a projector that honors your body and makes sure that you rest and, you know, get all not working the nine to five. But I, I feel like, especially during this past January, I was kind of using being a projector as an excuse to be lazy. Like, let's be honest. It was a great excuse to like, just not do things. And there's a difference between like not doing something because you really, really don't want to and not doing it. You know, for me, it was like I knew that moving my body would feel good. And just because I'm a projector does not mean I get to have an excuse to stay in bed all day. So that awareness, I think, is important. And, you know, maybe this is just a me thing. It's not necessarily a projector thing. But I felt like I, I swung the extremes of that pendulum for sure Mm -hmm. and I'm now landing somewhere in the middle of like I need to honor my body make sure that I'm resting I I don't do well with working nine to five um and hustling but I also have goals and desires and you know I need to treat my body like it's my home and with love and respect and nourishment And therefore, there are certain things that I need to implement into my day that feel good. Mm -hmm. So, And whereas I hear, I need to rest more. (laughs) I need to not feel guilty for, like, watching a TV show or sitting down in the middle of the day for, like, an hour and just reading. Like, Yeah. yeah, I have a lot of conditioning I need to work through. And we're just showing up here authentic. Yeah. Um, this conversation, like I have light bulbs going off in my head right now. And I'm like, I do need to make more space for rest through the day. Um, I tend to turn towards active forms of resting because I like to be moving my body. Um, and I even had a thought about podcasting as well. Like usually when we're talking and together, we're really walking. Yeah. So sitting down here for me is actually... Like, I'm working through some conditioning here right now. (laughs) But it is what it is. It's so interesting, um, me being a projector, you being a generator, how, like, we're each, you know, we're just so, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like, it's like we're each other's teachers or mirrors. Like, I know we're not mirroring, you know, reflectors on the mirrors, but it's just so interesting that, like, you you can offer me some insight into like being a bit more active and moving and setting myself up for success and productivity and I can encourage you to rest a little mm-hmm. bit more so um yeah that's why we work so well together yes <laughs> we'll have to get into that one show and, and go through our centers yeah um, and how be fun yeah for sure all right so to close out this episode We are going to share a little bit of exciting news that we have about an upcoming workshop that we have been working on. Yes, we're really looking forward to coming together in community with all of you. 
We've had lots of people reach out, which we're so grateful for, who've wanted to learn more um, about their own human designs. So we are listening and working behind the scenes so we can create offerings for all of you. So on Sunday, February 27th, we invite you to join us um, with the Embodying Your Design Workshop. Uh, do you want to share what we'll be working sure. on? Yeah, so basically um, it's going to be an interactive online workshop that you will be learning about your type, strategy, authority, and we'll go through the energy centers. Um, we'll probably be about two, two and a half hours, and we are planning on starting at 9.30 in the morning. So we'll be wrapped up before lunchtime on the Sunday um and as you've heard both alicia and i talk about how how much of a gift human design has been to us we're just really looking forward to um offering that gift to you guys as well yeah and we're looking forward to coming together in a safe space without judgment full of love as a community and we will be like it won't solely be focused on human design of course we're going to tie in different modalities like of Reiki and self-regulation and mindfulness and our intention is that you can walk away with practical ideas and tools and aha moments that you can use to truly embody your authentic self your beautiful unique Mm. human design yes so um if you want to learn more you can reach out to one of us but we will post when uh, registration is open, um, which we hope to have open by the end of the week. So give us to like February 6th or so for it to be open and um, just watch both of our Instagram pages. I'm at mindful underscore roots underscore love. Um, and I'm at Tasha dot love light beauty. And the podcast is at align.embodied. So yeah. there'll be information cross-posting on all three of our platforms to um, get the word out there. Yes. So we're looking forward to um, coming together as a community. And who knows, as we enter into the spring, month, spring months, perhaps we can start to uh, meet in person mm, again yes. for those beautiful, deep inner brain connections Um, that we all need but this is just your chance to grab a cup of tea a journal and just sit back and take some time for yourself and learn about how amazing you truly are Mm -hmm. so take care and thank you for listening and we hope your week is filled with softness and love and light stay aligned and embodied Bye for now, friends. Take care.